Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Brera. Andre, I see that you at the last second decided to move where you're recording. I don't know if it's because of my connection, but uh, I was just making sure it's not mine. I think uh, it's mine, just knowing my internet's been on it kind of not great since I got home. But uh, Andre, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Glad I'm I'm able to watch sports without a vested interest in, well, baseball in particular. I know the Lakers are on right now, but yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I'm we're watching uh, Diamondbacks Phillies currently because we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, the Phillies just took a lead, which I'm not too happy about, but it is what it is. I'm not that that invested. Um, I'm just glad it's not going to be Phillies Astros because like there's nothing I hate more than a championship where I want neither team to win. Um. Yeah, I I'm, I'm a, I could go for the Rangers. I, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers are also one of, like, six teams that has never won a World Series, and so that's always nice to have that, you know. Um, and they have my beautiful son, um, Corey Seager, so. Yeah. Um, but speaking of baseball, we're talking about Sean gets yeah. the yips, which is an episode about baseball, sort of. And we start off with a baseball, uh, uh, an exercise, that uh, Henry is hitting some ground balls to Sean, Sean plays second base. Now, what when you played baseball, what position did you play? Right field. Yeah, I uh, played a little bit of second base when I was really young, and then I was quickly moved to outfield when it became clear that I have the athletic ability of a puffer fish. And uh, I stopped playing baseball when I was 10 uh, because I... The thing is that, and I think you probably can tell this about me, I'm someone who doesn't have a lot of fun doing things I'm not good at, and so I didn't really enjoy playing baseball at all. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I just had fun, like, hanging out with my friends and just, like... I'm sure you did, because you're a normal person. I, I was saying that as a bad thing about myself. Oh, I never got to play, so I didn't really give a fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly... The thing I hated is because I, I didn't play that much... I really hate, you know what the big thing was? That I remember um, my middle, I stopped right before middle school. And I remember that my middle school, because they have to stagger the buses, middle school didn't get out until like four o'clock. And so what we would have, what we were going to have to do was basically get picked up from school, like eat dinner in the car almost, and then go over the field just because there's no time. And I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. That's just, that's just a... Well, okay. So I started playing like my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I you never started played, playing? I never, yeah, I never played Little League or anything like that. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. And I just joined because for the vibes, strictly. Um, and the only team, the only reason why I was left, let on the team was because I made everyone else laugh. So I was like good in the dugout. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what is it? Uh, who was that guy we had? Yeah. Hanser Alberto. Of the Dodgers. Mm. I mean, I think um, of when I think of a consummate locker room guy, I think of like the last five years of Juan Uribe's Rebe's career. He was a yeah, big locker room guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need a good no, locker room guy. I, there was nothing more fitting than my senior year of high school. We uh, we had a chance to qualify for the playoffs, and our benches had completely been emptied. And I was officially the last person to bat <laughs> for our season, and I struck out looking. I would strike out all the time and I would walk all the time because I was afraid of getting hit if I swung. Um, and the thing is I did get hit a lot because uh, when you're, because in the first few years when kids are allowed to start pitching themselves, they don't exactly have great control. And so there's a lot of hit bats. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I was really bad. And, um, but the thing about it is I would always, I was really bad, but I love watching baseball. So I would always like try to do stuff I saw on TV, but I was not good enough to do the basic stuff. And so like, I was all kinds of bad. Um, I believe I remember one of my coaches said that I had more moves than John Travolta out there, which is not a compliment. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Sean's playing second base and he makes the play on the first, like, first go around. You know, he gets it to the glove. And then Henry gives him a bunch of specific instructions, which this is on Henry. What are you doing? You know, if he if he made the play, play. Yeah, I can't tell if they're like really good instructions or just I don't know. I just I can't tell. I think the first couple ones are good. Like the thing about having your foot pointed towards the bag is a good piece of instruction because that's like how you're supposed to teach people to throw. Um, cause that's, that's how you get good control, but this is about like calculating the foot speed. Like why just get it there fast. <laughs> yeah. Just as soon as you get it, just get it over there accurately. So. Yeah. And so Sean overthrows it. He hits Henry's truck. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the beginning. Then we cut to a sports bar. The uh, police department softball team had a big win, um, against the haircut hut. Have you ever played in an adult softball league? No, I have not. Seems like fun. Yeah. That does seem like fun. Uh, I've never had a job where that would be the sort of thing that I would do. And I guess I suppose I could join a rec one. But rec one, I feel like you need to be good. Like, the job, you can just be like, you just need to know the rules. Yeah. I Honestly, okay, I remember we did play the softball team our senior year. And they fucking mm. owned us. Because it's just, it comes, the ball comes to at you, like, at such a different angle. It's yeah. just, it's, it's unhittable. It's funny. My baseball team... My high school baseball team, like, no one watched, no one cared about. But, like, that's the only one of all the three sports that sent someone to the major leagues. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't even know the guy was good. The guy was a year older than me. I knew him. He was in a couple of my classes. I didn't even know he was that good at baseball because no one gave a shit about the baseball team. <laughs> what was his um, name? Jake Knoll. He played a cup of coffee for the Nationals. Jake Knoll? J- Jake N-O-L-L. Okay. Um, he, I mean, also, he got much better in college because he didn't get highly... He got recruited. He went to FGCU, which was right, basically, you know, the closest college to where I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he played a cup of coffee. Uh, but yeah, it's Oh, funny. wow. I mean, we, to Charlotte High School. Yeah, that's where I went to high school. Charlotte High School. And I, not to dox myself, but that's public information. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I mean, we like I've mentioned before, we did have the Sporting News Player of the Year in football, but he flunked out of Clemson, so he didn't make it to the pros. And f- so... And then our basketball yeah. team was decent, but we never had anyone who was like a good enough athlete to make any noise. Um, anyway, uh, so Sean, we learn, overthrew first base five times in the game because he has the yips. Yeah, he's got the yips. I mean, to be fair, he had an amazing offensive game. I think mm-hmm. he hit like a few home runs or something like that. Or he yeah, got five hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, throwing. If you're a second baseman, you got to get moved off that position if you got the yips. Like you don't want to be Chuck Noblock. Yeah. Exactly. And they mentioned block. that he he they mentioned that he overthrew a bunch and hit Keith Oldman's mom, which that sounds like a made up psych joke, but that is just what happened in real life. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and so luckily for him, he's mm-hmm. sought some uh, some some help in the form of a sports psychologist. I will say, I don't know if you've ever actually seen like in live, not even live, but just like. Watching a clip of someone with the yips is, like, it is one of the hardest things to watch. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of, like, Rick Ankiel's last start before he became a center fielder. It's it's like, it's one of those things that, like, on paper, like, I'm sure this is funny. He was like, no, it's not funny at all. Like, it is, like, it's just, it's distressing. Um, 
Yeah. Or like the golfer David Duval, like who went from shooting like a 59 and then like a year later he couldn't make like a 30 foot putt. Yeah. Just bad stuff. Yeah. I don't give a shit about golf, but yeah. Well, sure. okay. I'm trying to, I, I've expanded horizons and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, and so. Golf is not a sport. That, that's a stupid thing. You can say you don't like it, but like that's a stupid thing to say. You know it's it. not a sport, man. Come on. I, I, I did. In what, how do you define a sport in which golf is not a sport? Something that fucking forty-five-year-olds shouldn't be like be still be doing. That's that you. You know you can't define a sport that way. That's a, that's, that's not how, how you I do sport. it. That's how I do okay. it. So, okay. Fine. Okay. Fine. Okay. I'm not gonna sue you because that would be. I I don't even know. I, I don't sports are for the young man. Come on, it's like saying chess is a sport. Get out of here. No, I see. I can. You could make the argument that I I would agree with you that chess is not a sport. But anyway, whatever. So Sean's looking around. He sees a guy reading a newspaper. But then he also he doesn't know where his food is. He ordered what he calls the Sean Spencer, which is the pizza cheese fries. Um, pizza chili cheese fries. Sorry, chili pizza. Ch- fries. Yeah, pizza chili cheese fries. Which I really don't know. What does that even mean? Because does that mean it has both pizza sauce and chili? Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, I would okay. imagine. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like it's gonna run right through you, though. I, I guess it feels like it feels like I had on a hat to me, like pizza fries. Fine, sounds delicious. Chili cheese fries, delicious. But both, I don't know. You don't think you need? It feels like you're getting two different tomato-based sauces. Put it this way: if someone were to give me like a chili cheese pizza, I'd probably be like, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's a hat on a hat. Um, yeah. But as he's talking to the waitress, what does he notice? Um, he notices like this dude like standing like in a hoodie, um, like in the corner of like the entrance, like right by the mm-hmm. hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I mean, it, it, at first it looks like maybe he's going to rob the place. I mm-hmm. mean, it's kind of a weird place to rob a restaurant. Yeah. And as we find out later, apparently it's a very well-known cop bar. So mm-hmm. very dicey move. But, um, you know, uh, we get interrupted by a birthday celebration. Well, also the Sean before the birthday celebration notices he's got a biscuit on him. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so. See, I watched, I, I started watching this like Four days ago or something? Yeah, sorry about Four that. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, and so Lassie, he goes over to Lassie and is like, hey, th- this guy's got a biscuit. He doesn't say that. But uh, but it's Buzz's birthday, as you mentioned, that they get a birth that um, they bring out a birthday cake for Buzz McNabb. And um, it's his 30th birthday. Yeah. You've yet to reach, and, right? I know. I'm excited. Except I'm, I'm not. I'm not excited. I'm never excited about the passage of time. Um, but Lassie finally hears the word gun. He gets up, pulls out two biscuits, and there's a little bit of a firefight in a crowded restaurant, which seems ill-advised. Correct. Um, luckily, I don't think anyone gets shot. No. Um, yeah, it's very sloppy. Um, and yeah, yeah, he gets out. And mm-hmm. at first, it kind of looks like maybe maybe the hostess might have been involved in some way. At, at least that's how it seemed to me. Or that's how I'm remembering it. Um, but Sean basically says that this guy was not there to rob anybody. He was there no. to kill someone. So exactly. the question is, who was he there to kill? Yes. And so we got the theme song, and they mentioned that just a stab, that Sean just needed a bunch of facts, like fact, this, 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 fact. But um, Jewel says it's just a stab in the dark, which Sean notes would be a good name for a horror movie and that they should include it in his holiday letter to Wes Craven, um, which I just love that as an idea. Uh, apparently, Wes Craven never reciprocates, but you know he sends him a holiday card every year. You know, it's funny. It's that um, that I think literally that was in like my head or something because 
the Wes Craven thing? Because I watched the Wes Craven movie this weekend, and I I never even mm. knew it existed. Yeah, I saw you logged on Letterboxd. It was the Serpent in the Rainbow. Yeah, have you seen it? No, but I know. I mean, but I I know every. I movie think you like it. I'm sure like I will. It. it seems like it's got Bill Pullman, right? Uh, Bill Pullman's underrated movie star. Bill Pullman, and then randomly Paul Guilfoyle. Oh, Jim Brass and, himself? Like barely though. And, I saw. Um, yeah, I don't need a lot of Guilfoyle. And Michael Guff. Goff. Michael Goff. Oh, Alfred Pennyworth himself. Correct. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. Also, the thing is, I one of my favorite things. I love that Wes Craven like is of all of like the horror people is the one who you can clearly tell like is kind of just like ah, uh, kind of wish I didn't only do horror. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. Because yeah, yeah, like I, I once I once went to um I forgot what the movie was what movie it was but he did like a thing at the ArcLight which I don't know if you know what the ArcLight is. Of course, I I listen to enough podcasts of people who live in LA. Okay, yeah, yeah it's a it's rest in peace. Mo- um, yeah, a movie theater. It's both to him and to the ArcLight. Uh, yeah, it's the best place. Um, but I went to like a Q and A with him where we were. He it wasn't his movie. He was introducing mm-hmm. it, and he seemed like a very interesting guy. And I think like literally a year later, he was dead. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, he and after Scream, he basically he made his passion project, which was the movie Music of the Heart with Meryl Streep, which is like a uh, music school teacher movie because he's it was like the movie really? he always wanted to make. Yeah, it was a movie he always wanted to make because he's like you know he kind because the thing about horror is horror is the easiest genre to make if you're like a young filmmaker because it's cheap and. You know, you can kind of get pigeonholed if you, uh, like some people obviously don't. Wait, like, there he are some movies, he made movies after that. What are you talking about? No, I didn't say that was his last movie. I said that was the movie okay. he made after Scream. That was his passion project that basically he was able to because Scream was so successful. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. He made, he made, one, he made three other Scream movies. He made Red Eye and a couple other movies that don't matter. Um, did he do Scream 4? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think that's actually his last movie. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, which in my opinion is not bad. My, one of my hot takes is that there's not a single bad Scream movie. There's not, there's just not a bad Scream movie. Scream 3 is whatever, but... I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just a... I, I'm kind of just a slut for a Hollywood satire, honestly. Whenever the movie decides to be a Hollywood satire, I'm like, yeah, man, I kind of... Um, anyway. You're in the bag? Yeah. Uh, also, I want to talk about a movie that's crazy. You ever see Wes Craven's New Nightmare? I know this is a crazy tangent, but... No, I haven't, but I want to. <sighs> that's a movie you and I... Cause it's it's it is the most up its own ass of any movie I've ever seen. Like Wes Craven is a major character. Uh, I mean, it's just some real yeah, great I mean, it's, shit. It's it's meta, right? It's like yeah, it's it's life. about it's about the idea of like can a character become so iconic that it becomes real? And it, but it's directed by the guy who made that character. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. I love it. Um, anyway, so uh, they go into. Um, they mentioned that there's only forty two dollars in the cash register. Yada yada. And uh, Lassie's convinced that it's uh, some low life whacked out on junk. Right. You know, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> so that's Henry when we shows find up. It. Yeah. Henry shows up at the station and he's been worried sick because Sean doesn't turn his phone on. And, you know, he just like further like points out that Gus, what was the first mm-hmm. thing you did after the shooting? Oh, he called his parents. Yeah. What was the first thing that Sean did? He ate a banana. Yeah. Like. I don't know about you. That is like Sean is definitely in the wrong here. You know, like I mean, sure, but like I don't think eating a banana is not. I mean, no, no, not the eating the banana. I'm not the eating banana part. But like, if he, I don't know about you. If I was at a place where there was a shooting, 
I would immediately tell my family that I didn't die. That would be the first thing I would do. I'd call my wife first before my mom, honestly. No, I, sure, but I'm saying family generally, whoever. I'm that just saying that really on some family. level. On, I guess the thing is, if it's going to be something that's on the news, I just, I don't know. I also, yeah, I I also mean, just have... I just have the I've I have come from an extremely ironic I, I uh extremely neurotic mother and so I definitely am like I don't want to have to deal with that problem like I I don't yeah want to. no fair enough I think you're a lot you have a different relationship with your family than I do with my I definitely family. do yes insofar as like if they're like if I am at like home if if my family knows I'm at home it's like a weekend and like it's like seven in the morning and I'm definitely sleeping and there's like a shooting on like the east side highway, my mom will text me and be like, Are you okay? So, you know, it's uh it's a strange relationship. Um anyway, they go into uh Vic's office and they offer counseling with Dr. Ehrlich. Um and everyone says no, but Sean pulls Vic aside and asks for some counseling. Yeah, he wants some counseling, but he doesn't want to use this, the police, uh, the police uh, psychologist. He wants to use mm-hmm. his own guy, who just happens to be a sports psychologist. And obviously, mm-hmm. Vic tells him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get interrupted because CSI came back. They have some clues. They found a hotel key and a piece of the shooter sweatshirt that last sitter uh, confirms was on him. Yeah. Um, and they found it in the alley behind the sports bar. So, you know, maybe yeah. there's a chance that this guy might be at that hotel that the key was there yeah. for. So Lassie and Jules go there and Sean and Gus go back to the scene and Gus is kind of like poo-pooing Sean's theories. And Sean says, don't be the ribs that flip over Fred Flintstone's car. Um, and I think that Sean remembers, which kind of makes, makes him know that it's not a whacked out junkie is that the killer was wearing a, a, $5,000 watch. Yeah. He's wearing a Rolex. Maybe. I don't know. Something like that. I don't um, know. I, I, I truly know nothing about why. I haven't worn a watch since I think I was like eight years old, which is not good. I know the grown adults wear watches. I've never worn a watch, and I don't know if I ever will. Um, yeah, I mean, I wear an Apple watch, and if someone were to ask yeah. me the time, I would get my phone every time. I, my, I, the thing about me is that I try to keep the amount of things that I bring places to a minimum because if I bring something, I'm going to forget it. Um, okay, I see. I, I have forgotten an upwards of one umbrella at a restaurant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've never had that problem, obviously. I know, because um, your your brain works. Anyway. Well, no, I don't really ever need an umbrella that much. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, you're, you live yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, obviously, that's one discovery but the most important discovery is that the pizza chili cheese fries did arrive they just mm-hmm. arrived at the haircut huts table mm-hmm. instead and yeah. there's like a joke about a lesbian and something yeah there, yeah it's, it's some honestly there's not unspecific jokes about lesbians you know like it's it just kind of feels like they're just the, the punchline is just the word lesbian which is not that you know it was not funny on its own um yeah and so uh Sean notices that there's a camera, a security camera, port pointed towards the door, and Sean gets Gus basically to stand in such a place to prove that the camera has a blind spot, which is where the killer was, the shooter was standing. So clearly, this guy was doing something on purpose. Um, and then, uh, it wasn't just some like fucking yeah. junkie. Yeah, and as this is going on, we see that Lassie and Jules are at the hotel, and no one's there. So it clearly was uh, a dummy lead. Correct. So, um, Sean basically takes to recreating the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, no, we already 
No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, he starts to do that with like salt shakers, mashed potatoes, and some other crap. Yeah, and that's basically when he figures out who the intended target was, which mm-hmm. was Carlton Lasseter. So he gets on his phone that he turned on, thank God, mm-hmm. and calls Lasseter, and we catch him on the road. And for whatever reason, his phone is like on the floor in the passenger mm-hmm. seat. Mm-hmm. Not a good place to have it. No. And luckily for him, because he wants to reach over, he misses mm-hmm. someone shooting directly into his car. Mm-hmm. But that yes. causes him to veer off the road and like crash into some shit. Yeah. And last he mentions earlier in the episode that he just got his car redone, so he's pissed. Um, and uh, you know, they're trying to figure out who's trying to kill him. And um Lassie mentions that a lot of people want to kill him. And Gus, Sean and Gus go through some ex- and, thoughts. And he takes, pri- and he takes pride he takes, in it. He takes pride in it. That it's uh, maybe his landlord, his ex-wife, mailman, Bigfoot. And I love that they say, start with someone he busted. And they say, that only eliminates Bigfoot. Which implies that he busted his landlord, his ex-wife, and the mailman. And the mailman. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, the funny thing about Bigfoot was he was only size ten, which I don't know if that's true or not, but okay. If the, if that's the case, then I wear bigger shoes than uh, than Bigfoot. Yeah, I think your toes alone could have been a size ten. That is legitimately. I have in for my height. I am in the ninety fifth percentile of shoe size because of my toes. What are you? I wear an eleven or eleven and a half, depending on the shoes. Which for being five eight and a half is like I'm like five nine basically. Which that's mm-hmm. that. My I should wear like an eight or nine. Um, but really n- like a nine yeah probably like a nine ish think about it 10. your size 10 out you're oh wow you got big feet then yeah well they're yeah. Both, i think it's mostly because they're wide yeah anyway but like i like i wear the same size shoes as my older brother who's five eleven and a half. and a half i see yeah can he dunk no oh. he might now and the thing is he was heavy for most of his youth like youth so he couldn't then but he might be able to now um you know okay. but I'll, I'll ask i don't think so but I'll ask. Um, so because he's also pissed off about it and because someone wants to kill him, hmm. Vic informs Lasseter that he needs to sit this one out and he can't be involved because she doesn't want to have any bias, which seems kind of like bullshit to me, but okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So Juliet's going to run the point on this. Yeah. And he's I can understand. I can understand. Room. I can understand her not wanting him to be out and about. That makes sense. But not allowing him to investigate doesn't make a lot of sense. And we got an appearance from Yowie the cat. Cute. Mm-hmm. Very cute. She's disgusting now because she'll like take her shit in her litter mm-hmm. box and she'll smear it all over the walls. Yeah, because I have Unfor- a litter box that's like that's contained within another box, so mm-hmm. she smears it in there. It's gross. Unfortunately, cats and dogs have no concept of like they don't realize the poop is gross. Um, yeah, and so Sean, Jules, and uh, Gus start going over some files, but they keep getting interrupted by Lassie in the background and trying to get involved. Uh, don't you know, about bring- Palermo. Yeah, um, or Fletcher. And so they end up going to the psych office, and there's only one thing missing. Uh, pizza. Pizza, which, exactly. You know, absolutely agreed. So they need to, I mean, I don't know, they have a cell phone. They have cell phones, so I don't know why. Yeah, the I don't know why option. they need the landline, except to introduce a plot point. But basically, Sean misplaced the cordless phone, um, you know, uh, which I'm sure he did. Uh, they also, Jules remarks that there's an elliptical um that they got and apparently gus got it and uh you know jules just joined sean is joking that he's you know the one who has it but jules mentioned she just joined a gym with some good motivation and uh, sean says he's not into motivational you know the whole tony robbins thing he prefers his brother baskin 
which I think it's a good yeah. show. Yeah, I think it is too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he needs some motivation to get back in the gym. Maybe he'll do it. So mm-hmm. we go back to the station, and Lasseter basically takes the moment for mm-hmm. one of the co- I guess from like the switch of I don't know the the co- the guy guarding him like takes off for a little bit, and he immediately runs over to his computer or a computer, mm-hmm. and then gets on the phone and tries to start calling perps that might have mm-hmm. had it in for him. So he gets a hold of Mr. Garcia's household and starts, mm. you know, he's not home, but his wife answers the phone mm. and he wants to leave a message, basically tell that fat bastard that, mm. you know, I know you're on to me and you, know, you want to kill me. And then we find mm. out that he actually died of like yeah. a coronary or something. Yeah. So they can't find the phone and Jules remarks that they're having Doritos for dinner. Uh, I actually do have some Doritos in my room, but they're not within arm's length. I should have probably gotten them, but you know. Are those gluten free? Yeah. It's, they're corn based um yeah there there's some more more a lot of uh i generally go with nacho cheese i used to be a cool ranch guy when i was a kid but not as much anymore um i like yeah. sweet spicy chili but those are the worst for you yeah i also i, I i've had the adventurous doritos flavors but when it comes to like a snack in a bag i generally want something pretty simple just because it's usually me eating it like a glutton late at night you know it's not so you know i i kind of want to i keep it simple generally um, and so Sean then notices a photo of Ivan Petrovich, who is, he remembers, he saw the newspaper was released from Pelican Bay, um, mm-hmm. which I love when there are like famous names of prisons, you know, like, uh, San Quentin, Saint, Pelican Bay, Saint Quentin, Saint Quentin. then it, you know, the New York one, it's not, I don't think it's as obvious other than Rikers, obviously, but Austin? the one, yeah, Sing Sing, yeah, Sing Sing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is still an operation. Are you kidding me? I've watched fucking a million Law & Order episodes every time. Like, fu- we're gonna that's true. The Rikers or the Sing Sing. The funny thing is that, like, unlike some prisons, like, Austin is actually just, like, a nice town. Like, it's actually, like, it's a full-on, it's not, it's not just the name of the prison. Um, but, you uh. You hear about Martha Stewart's new show, Prison uh, Break? Oh, hmm. I, I didn't realize that I was on the Zoom call with a writer for Jay Leno in 2006. Um, yeah, about, yeah, about months to his new show. It's called Prison Break. Um, anyway, uh, so Sean remarks that their names are listed on the case for the Petrovich drug deal or case or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but they actually didn't do any work on it. Um, and uh Yeah. What they remark then is that this Petrovich fellow was the worst kind of drug dealer, apparently, because he targeted high school kids. Um, and uh, apparently the star QB died of a drug overdose. Um, mm-hmm. And it was Bobby Sa- Salamakia. I kept writing Salsalamakia, like Jared Salsalamakia, yeah, but it's, yeah, just yeah, Sal- yeah, yeah. it's just Salamakia. Salamakia, yeah. And so Sean, you know, says that he feels bad about being credited with the case, he'll return the money and a couple of other things I didn't write down. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they, we then, um, you go back to the say? station. Yeah, we go back to the station. They tell, Jules tells Vic they're getting an APB out on Petrovich and Lassie comes in is basically, you know, saying that it's personal that this guy winked at the family of the quarterback at the trial, you know, and that they only could get him on a weapons charge. So he's kind of peeved. He's not, he's unsatisfied with how the case went. Correct. Um, but that's when, you know, they real or Lasseter realizes that he wasn't the only one technically on the case that mm-hmm. Buzz McNabb was also in and mm-hmm. he's the one that made the arrest on him. So his life mm-hmm. could be in danger. So it's time to go ahead and check in with him. Yeah. So Juliet so, heads mm-hmm. over to his apartment 
and she's trying to call him. He won't answer his phone. Um, and right when she's getting like close to where he, I guess where his apartment is, uh, he comes out in a robe and all seems to be well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just in the shower. And so he's going to go check his mail. He opens up his mailbox and he gets exploded into the pool. Yeah. Um, already you can tell that, you know, he wasn't going to die or anything, but no. it seemed like a really dinky kind of explosion anyways. But what mm-hmm. you find out, it's like it didn't it didn't go off as it was supposed to. Yeah, it was a crude device, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because Sean and Gus were on the list of like people involved, uh, Jules worry about them, calls Gus. Gus is fine. He's like and, sleeping at like fucking yeah. 5 p.m. Yeah, it's unclear when that's. Well, no, how it's not 5 p.m. because uh, Buzz is just uh, getting up to go get the mail. I don't know. The lights seem to suggest a different time, but okay. that's fair. But I think in terms of like what it's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be early. Um, but so Sean, they go over to the psych office. Well, he sorry, he goes over to the psych office, and Sean is on the elliptical, and he gives him his water bottle, and it says, if your heart rate drops below 150, you die. And there's a blinking light under the elliptical. And so they assume that there's a bomb situation. I'm surprised that they only say the word speed once. Like, it's kind of weird that they don't do a whole run of speed references. Yeah, to be fair, that's true. So it's not good at all. Um, You know, who knows how long Sean's been on there, but he's getting really tired. And, you know, to have your heart beat over 150 BPM for... Mm -hmm over 20 minutes straight is already like straining enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he starts Mm -hmm. to think that he's going to die and he admits to, you know, getting $800 as opposed to 500 Mm -hmm. as he claimed previously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Juliet gets there and Mm -hmm. she's asking why he's exercising. And it turns Mm -hmm. out that this is just like some misunderstanding because Mm -hmm. Juliet had written that note and put it on his water bottle because that's Mm -hmm. the motivational tactic that her trainer, I guess, gave her. Mm Mm-hmm. And the beeping, and then, yeah. mm-hmm. the beeping came from the fucking uh, cordless phone. It was mm-hmm. underneath the tire or whatever, mm-hmm. and so, which is funny. Yeah, it was, it's funny. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that like that the, the Juliet thing is a bit, bit far fetched, but the beeping is funny. Um, and yeah. so uh, Sean and Gus are then sneaking around because they think that they're in trouble. Um, but Juliet points out that basically, if the person knew that they were involved in the case, like they already would be in trouble. Like they're not a target, probably. And so Correct. we see McNabb is okay. He's on crutches. He's missing an eye barrel. He, um, cool. he, missing a little more than that, but yeah. Yeah, he's got a severe concussion. He's missing some toes, but he feel he fine feel. He fine feel, so yeah. Yeah, he'll be okay. He's he's ever the optimist. I'll give him that. Exactly. He, he has Dane Bramage, but he's fine. Um, and so uh, Sean gets some water because he's dying of thirst. Um I mean, I, I miss having, you know, when I growing up, we used to have a water cooler in the house, which is great. Just, it was an, it was an awesome, uh, well, because I don't know if you've ever been to Florida, but the tap water is fucking disgusting. <laughs> and so we had like a pole of uh, Zephyr Hills, which is Poland Spring brand, um, water tank cooler. And, we mm-hmm. just, and it was always cold and delicious. I miss that. Yeah. We had one growing up too, but it was Arrowhead, I think. Yeah. I think we discussed because of the Sierra Springs talk that water is very regional in the United States for some reason. Yeah, you guys don't have sparklets? No. Or, but like, or even in like New York and Florida, it's not the same. Correct. They have a, what is it? Polish, Polish, Polish Poland Spring? Poland Spring is the, Poland Spring is the number one in New York. 
Yeah, I remember that. It's good. And then in Florida, and... the equivalent is Zephyr Hills. Zephyr Hills. Yeah, I don't think I Which saw is a it town in Florida. Gotcha. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's a cool name, Zephyr Hills, you know. I've I've been there. I don't know what, there's no hills there, and I'm not really sure how Zephyr applies. Um, but, you know, it's a town. So, anyway, um, we learned, you know, Ivan Petrovic is back on the streets. And um, Lassiter is, no, 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 I said streets. Um, that's what I wrote. Um, because sometimes I write down slang to keep myself amused. Okay, gotcha. I'm like, what? Um, anyway, uh, Lasseter's back in charge, and they're thinking about where he might be. But where does Sean's mind immediately go? Yeah, he remembers a picture that he saw originally of Petrovich, and he's in front of a place called um, Mar- Martin's Shoe Repair. Yes. Obviously, he gets and, like, a little cute with it, but yeah. Yes, and Lassie doesn't think that he'll be there because uh, what he points out is that it's like the size of a shoebox. Oh, sorry, a phone booth. But Sean remembers that there's five people in the photo, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. So Correct. they end up going there. The place is empty. And who was Sean hoping will be there? Uh, I don't recall. Daniel Day-Lewis. Why? Because of my left foot? No, because he was a cobbler for uh, uh, the – what was it? The Crucible, I think. He worked as a cobbler for like – I haven't year. seen The Crucible, man. I don't know. I haven't seen The Crucible either, but that's like the most famous Daniel Day-Lewis anecdote. Is it? I would honestly, I would say yes. I would say it's like Dancing with Wolves or something. No, no it's that's an anecdote. Uh, no, uh, he became a shoemaker for. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, no, you know, actually, wasn't even for a role. Is that he just what he became a cobbler after filming the boxer and before I forget what uh, movie, but yeah. All right. Well, what he else? was a cop. I don't know what to tell you. That's just an anecdote. I'll say this. I know that's a famous anecdote because they referenced it on the USA Network original series Psych. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fine. Um, and so they're looking for an extra room, and eventually Sean finds it. There's a little trap door. Yeah, it's a trap door. And so they go down there. Lassie goes in first, and there's like a whole little tunnel system kind of thing going down there. So Yeah, some real barbarian yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, God, that was a really long-ass tunnel, but... Um, of so course, they all follow. A lot of square follow, footage. Yeah, they all follow Lassiter, and uh, he he shoots off his biscuit because he sees somebody, and mm-hmm. so they do see. And it's I was actually surprised. I didn't know. I did not know what he looked like for whatever reason. I wasn't mm-hmm. paying attention. I think I was looking at all five people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Petrovich is sitting in the chair, and he's fucking mm-hmm. dead. Yep. And so um, Lassie's doing an interview, and Sean and Gus have a little competition to get on camera for the most time, which is a little you know good fun. They get yelled at, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lassie mentions in the interview that he's going to visit everyone affected by Petrovich, um, which is a nice thing to do. You wouldn't really mm-hmm. expect that from Lassie, but, you know, he's not the horrible person. Then we cut mm-hmm. to Sean and Gus re- evaluating who's on camera more, and Sean wins. Uh, and then Sean goes to eat some Doritos, which, you know, I'm sure Doritos sponsored this episode, and it works fine because you, I absolutely believe that Sean and Gus eat Doritos. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, Doritos are good. What mm-hmm. can I say? I'm always, um, a, I always can't stand when there's like a fucking fake brand of chips or whatever. Unless like they make a joke about it. like Community had a good running bit about the fake brand of chips that they used. But like, I just, I, I never get offended by product placement unless like it's in the dialogue. What's Community? Uh, my favorite show of all time. What are you talking about? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Don't be an asshole. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't do this to you. I, w- I wouldn't do this to you. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Um, 
And so, yeah, Sean still feels weird about how mm-hmm. everything went down. He doesn't think that this all jives very well, which, you know, fair enough. We still mm-hmm. have like 10 minutes in the episode. So chances are that's exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. And so Sean, I'm, I'm going to go over the whole armchair psychologist thing. Of course. But essentially, he notices that in the picture that Petrovich has like a scar like on his mm-hmm. wrist or something. Mm-hmm. And like, to be honest with you, when you see what Petrovich looks like, and then you go back to the guy who was shooting, who was attempting to shoot them in the beginning. Yeah. Like, they're not even the same body type whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it took that long. Exactly. So, yeah, what's the armchair psychology bit, though? Uh, Just about whether he's happy or not for Lasseter or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, uh, because he's, you know, he... There's a recurring theme with Psych that Sean doesn't ever want to give anyone else credit, you know? Um, but they end up um, seeing the thing about the wrist where he doesn't match. And then uh, Jules comes by, though. And apparently they haven't been getting phone calls because the, uh, the, the what's it called, the cordless phone was upside down on the charger. Um, and right. what they learned, though, from the autopsy is that Petrovich was already dead for two hours. Correct. And he died of a major drug overdose that had PCP, heroin, and meth. So, yeah, he had the good stuff. Um, minus meth, probably. But, uh, mm-hmm. well, actually, they're all terrible. Um, not only that, he had rope burns on his wrist, meaning that he didn't do this to himself. Someone tied him mm-hmm. up and basically force-fed him the drugs. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I, we already start to think, okay, it must have been Mr. Yeah. Salamachia. Yes. And so, lastly, of course we know was going to meet the people who was affected. And so we see that uh, Lassie's in serious trouble. He's meeting Mr. Salamachia, who is played by, I mean, I feel like you and I both love this guy, Mr. Stephen Lang. I mean, yeah. one of the greats. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving a confused look. Are you trying to remember what he's from? No, because I'm trying no, I mean, okay, honestly, honestly, the only things I remember him from, like, right offhand is Avatar. Yes, that's I don't his biggest even know role. If he's a- I've never seen Avatar too, so I don't know if he's he is, it. and he's great, and he's big in it. But yeah, okay. And then um, don't breathe. He's in Don't Breathe. He's also yeah. early. He was in. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. He's in Tombstone. Uh, he's in oh, Manhunter. Yeah. I mean, I know you've seen Manhunter. The first Hannibal Lecter movie. Yes. No, I haven't seen it. I'm surprised you would love it. Um, but a fair fact about Stephen Lang, who is like you know he's. Jack now, right? Because he's in Avatar. He's you know, and in Don't Breathe, he's like a super any crazy guy, right? That yeah. uh, his daughter is the Inspector General of the State of New York, which is just a fun fact for me. I just wonder how many times someone comes to their office and it's like, "Hey, is your dad the ripped villain from Avatar?" Was he ever in the military? No, I don't think so. Because if you like back in Manhunter, he plays. Did you ever see Red Dragon, the remake of it? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He plays the Philip Seymour Hoffman character, who's like, he's like a sniveling oh, journalist. Lounge? Street Lounge? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So, know. like, but, like, he, he didn't get ripped until later in life. So he, he was just, like, a regular actor, dude. Um, but yeah. See. Anyway. I didn't know it was a remake of Red Dragon. I, sorry, I didn't know Red Dragon was a remake of Manhunter. It's the same, it, well, it's not a re, it's the same book. I will say this. Everything in Manhunter is better except for Dollarhide. I, and this is an unpopular opinion, people older think that Tom Noon is really good at Zyler Hyde, and I think that that's people who like subtle performances. Because the thing that they don't have in Manhunter, which fucking sucks, they don't have the scene where he eats the painting, which is one of the greatest things that are put on film. Like, I, I you know. Oh, I see. Everything else, like, the William Peterson's way better than Ed Norton. Um, you know, Brian Cox is better than 
uh, Anthony Hopkins trying to recapture the Hannibal Lecter magic. Like, it's just much better, except for... If you could Dennis put Ray Farina. Fiennes in... What? Dennis Farina? Oh my god, Dennis Farina's fucking... He has a fucking hoagie in his... Not a hoagie, he's got fucking Italian beef sub in his mouth the whole fucking movie. It's great. Um, not really, yeah. but... Uh, anyway. Um, oh, okay, I was like, okay. No, but like, he's got that energy. Because this, this was like two years after he stopped being an actual cop, so... <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, we see that, uh, Salamaki is holding Lassie up with the biscuit, um, and he's doing the whole, like, you could only get him on a weapons charge, yada, yada, which, like, shut the fuck up. Why are you blaming the cops for the fact that, you know, uh, The legal system failed him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he wanted justice, and maybe now Petrovich and Lassiter's death will be the balance that needs to return to the universe. Mm -hmm. Lasseter tries to talk some sense to him, but seems a little like it's going to be too late because he like turns around right to like execute him essentially. But um, right then, Jules, Gus, and Sean show up, and you know he makes uh, Jules put her gun away, and she asks him if they're like strapped. Like, which, when have they ever been strapped? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Sean is strapped with the cordless phone, and he decides. <laughs> he took he decides. He decides this is the moment he's going to try to get over his yip. His mm-hmm. yips, his case of the mm-hmm. yips. And he proceeds to try to throw the phone. It completely doesn't hit him, but it's mm-hmm. enough of a distraction for uh, Lasseter to overtake uh, Salamachia. And yeah. yeah, he gets all apprehended. Yep. And then so we cut to uh, Sean on the baseball diamond with the sports psychologist about talking about his brains, his teammate, yada, yada. And he ends up getting over the yips, you know? Um, it was a very, it's a nice moment for Sean. Yeah. It's a nice moment. He gets over his yips uh, going to second base. Um, however, it appears that maybe... Well, you're um, missing the part where he says he's a 5 a player, which... And then he says, call me Tory Hunter in a Jamaican accent, which I appreciate that the writers did pick a player who actually was a 5 hitter player at their peak. Tory Hunter was a 5 a player. No, but he Sean wants Gus to say everything in a Jamaican accent. Okay, fair enough. And but no, I'm glad they didn't say like Barry Bonds or something. I, mean, I guess Barry Bonds was a fuzzy player in the 80s. He was you know what I mean? Like you could you could easily imagine a writer just hearing that term, not knowing what it means. But no, Tori Hunter was obviously the one of the first when I think of five to player. Obviously, my first thought is 06 Carlos Beltran, but that's because I'm a Mets fan. Um, I mean, hitting, hitting, fielding. It's you know, it's hitting, uh, glove. Arm speed is it hitting for power, or hitting for contact, throwing arm, glove, and speed. Okay, yeah, yeah. sounds like Max Muncy. Anyways, yeah, um, yes, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of speed. So, um, so yeah, he does his whole Jamaican thing, and this is when Gus basically says that you know when you have the yips in one thing and you overcome it, it can come out, it can manifest in a different way. And so maybe his hitting sucks now, and yeah, looks like his hitting yeah. does suck, and that's kind yeah. of where it ends. So, uh, what do you give this up to out of 10? I gave it a 7 out of 10. Not a fan. Yeah, I gave it a 7 as well. It's just, it doesn't have a, like, a big overarching thing. It's kind of, it kind of feels like a lot of individual bits, you know? Um, yeah. Like, it's not really about Lassie having, like, a long history of someone trying to kill him, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, there's yeah. that one episode of Bunk where they think it's someone trying to kill Lassie, where, like, they go through his past and... Like, they don't make a meal out of that. They don't make a meal out of the yips. It kind of is just like, it's a lot of, it's everything and nothing, you know? Um, but, yeah. you know, it's still some good jokes, and it has uh, Dooley Hill talking in a Jamaican accent, so. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, Andre, where can people follow you on the internet? You can follow me at Andre Barrera at and you can uh, follow on me Twitter.com. At the J. Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this with the biggest psych fan in your life. And more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about Bollywood homicide. <laughs>